Welcome to the Planted Mindset Podcast, and this is episode 52. So I've brought an episode to you each week for the entire 2020, and what a strange year it has been. I've really enjoyed doing these episodes, and I hope that you've got some uh, value from them, some insights, some knowledge, and if, you know, obviously that's been useful to you, that you've passed that on to others. So for the final episode, I wanted to talk about um, especially being a mum and why you need to put yourself first, um, which this one's a bit of a um, tautology, I would say, because we never do as mums. Typically, we'll leave ourselves to last uh, because we'll be tending to everyone else. And that is quite the norm, isn't it? Um, you know, it's it's what we do. <laughs> um, and this is actually based from a blog post that I wrote on my website. Um, which you can take a look at that. There's a section obviously in the blog post and it's, um, I actually wrote this in October, but it's it's about putting ourselves first and um, giving you some self-care tips uh, to help you optimize your own health and wellness and why I'm suggesting that you do put yourself first for a change um, and tip it on its head, certainly going into 2021. So why do I say this? Um, and this actually is something I've had to learn. So I'm sort of speaking from experience here. Um, I give you a little bit of a story. Um, whenever we used to fly on an aeroplane as a family with the children, um, you'd listen to the um, safety instructions being read out by the stewards. And they'd say about obviously if the cabin pressure was to drop that you need to obviously put the oxygen mask on. And they would always say that they you need to put them on your children first. Um, uh, put, put them on yourself first and then obviously tend to your children and I always strongly disagreed you can hear so even then I've just said it the wrong way around um, that I would always put it on my children first before I would put it on myself because that would be my default reaction as, as a mum and uh, me and my husband would have um, a little bit of a debate about this because uh, he was saying no I definitely put on myself first that they're right and um yeah, I never agreed with that at all. I was like, no, I, the way that mums work, we, we we sort everyone else out first, then we would tend to ourselves. And he said, but that's no good. You, you know, you've got to look after yourself. Well, roll on um, to, to, to now. And I have to admit, you know, he was right um, and I was wrong. But it's just, I think the way we are hardwired to tend uh, uh, to obviously our, our offspring um, to make sure that they're okay. And I can absolutely understand why you do have to look after yourself first. And obviously in the realms of that oxygen mask, um, you need to be able and fit and, and calm and in control to be able to then tend to obviously your children. And it goes the same with basically what I'm going to talk about today and why I changed my mind on that. Um, it, because there's like another analogy um, of uh, having your cup filled. And if you're constantly having your cup emptied, i.e. looking after everyone else, that could be your children, it could be your family, uh, parents and all the other roles that we have to play. If you're not getting your cup refilled, then generally that leads to um, either resentment, ill health, um, you know, poor immunity, uh, tiredness, uh, grouchiness, <laughs> all of those things, because we're not. How, how can we give something out if we're not having it refilled? 
And, uh, and I think that was quite a big uh, leveler for me and an, and an eye opener to say, oh, my God, yeah, right. That's so true. You know, we, we always think we can deal with everything or maybe I'm just speaking from my own experience. But no, don't need any help. We can do this. Look after everyone else. But you do need to accept help from others and you do need to um, have your own cup filled to be effective in helping others and to be as fit and healthy as you can um, as the matriarch of the family you know you are um, you know a real strong pillar and it's important that that you know things function well when when you're well um, so I you know I don't know it would all go into to mass um, panic mode I would presume or emergency situation um, should uh, mum of the family, which I'm sure there's probably, you know, hundreds of mums that have, have, have caught COVID and um, hopefully, you know, all have recovered well. Um, but, you know, they would have been out of action and then it would be all hands to the pump. And naturally, when that happens, um, the bare minimum's done. It's, it's just to get through the crisis and wait until mum's better and then have to resume. Obviously, I'm not talking about families that have lost, uh, you know, obviously the mothers and then that's, you know, when a dad has to uh, take on both roles, which is, you know, a phenomenal um, a commitment and you know and I take my hat off to to them and and vice versa obviously the other way around you know you, you can't replace a mum or a dad you just do the best that you can um but the point is that if you're always looking after someone else and you're not putting yourself first um you are going to suffer with more fatigue more tiredness and um, that leads to you getting more run down, um, which ultimately, you know, especially in the situation that we're in, puts you at like a higher risk. So it's really important to look after your own health to um, ensure then you can keep your family healthy. So the five tips that I wanted to sort of talk about um, that you could use to optimize um, how you feel. And generally, you know, I think it radiates out, doesn't it? So if you're happy, everyone's happy. So one of the first points I'd like to say is that you you need to take some time out um, because this undoubtedly will improve your happiness. Um, now, it doesn't have to be a lot, but it has to be um, consistent. So this could be like uh, 10 minutes a day, um, maybe at the same time, maybe it could be first thing in the morning. It really does depend on where you think you've got that that spot of time that you could use. I mean, we you know, we all use our technology far too much. So I'm sure 10 minutes out of the day um, is achievable. And basically in this 10 minutes, it's to reflect and pause um, because we are always going at hundred miles an hour. We've always got so many things on our mind. Um, we're so much of the time, either thinking about what happened or um, focusing on what we need to be doing rather than actually just being present. And mindfulness and uh, meditation techniques really allow you to just sort of slow down and stop. Um, what you're ultimately trying to do is give your brain some space. Um, and that's a real, really weird concept. And it's not easy to do. Um, I challenge you to give it a go to see how long you could actually, you know, put yourself in a chair, put the technology away and sit there and think of nothing. It is, it's almost like, um, it, you know, 
before two seconds, um, a, a, a thoughts popped into your mind. And it's understanding that that's happened, acknowledge it, but then just go back to say, focusing on your breath um, to enable you to, to clear the mind. And if you do this every morning, this undoubtedly actually helps clear the mind and, and gives you more clarity and focus for the day that you've got ahead. Um, when you're focusing on your breathing, you know, you're calming your central nervous system down. Um, and, you know, we don't do that enough. A, a lot of the times we're always shallow breathing. There's so much power in the breath and just giving yourself that time to just, you know, ultimately stop <laughs> it's a real weird thing yeah to stop for 10 minutes um i guarantee that it will help you be more productive for the rest of the day by taking just 10 minutes out and the other part of that like say you were doing it at the start of the day would be to write three things down that you're truly grateful for at the start of the day and i think when you absolutely think about that that could be down to you know I'm really happy that the sun's shining today it could be you know I'm really grateful that I've got my family um, and friends that are all healthy and well it could be you know I'm really grateful I've got a roof over my head it can be different every day but but truly believe it you know really from your bones um not just saying it as a as you know just as a statement but when you really, truly believe, because I think, again, we get carried away with how tough everything is at the moment and, you know, how dismal it could be. But if we stop to reflect just for a minute and there's always something to be grateful for now, yes, undoubtedly things could be better, but things could be worse. Um, but we all have the ability to be grateful for something. And, and when we're being grateful, we can't feel miserable or sad. So it's starting that uh, mood, uh, you know, positively um, to help you with your day. And I think one of those things that, that I've um, often operated throughout the day is, is focusing on making sure that I do at least one good deed um, during that day. And that could be down to, you know, holding a door open. But again, you'll be mindful that you're actually doing it. It could be letting someone else go first in the checkout, whatever it is, um, you know, but just doing something for someone else selflessly. Um, and again, I think that gives more happiness than, than um, anything else, to be quite honest. Um, but I'm going to go into the second point um, about, you know, obviously, things that can help you um, as, a, as a matter of self-care. And the second one is about nutrition. Obviously, that's such a big topic. Um, and again, as I say, because we're always focusing on uh, feeding the family, we can tend to put ourselves last um, and not give enough attention to, to what we need to eat to stay well. So if you've got younger children, you could be picking a bit here, a bit of their food there, and, you know, rather than giving yourself a proper meal. Um, and, and really, you're not giving yourself um, the credit that you need, you know, to, to have a proper meal to function, um, which is absolutely going to help, not just uh, physically, but also mentally um, with clarity, energy, etc. So if you can take some time to just 
decide what it is and this obviously can be for the whole family because you know if you decide to to add um you know obviously some more vegetables into the diet and it's for yourself but you're feeding the family then they're all going to benefit as well aren't they um i know that it has to be um slow you know you don't want to be too doing too many changes at once uh because it can cause a bit of overwhelm for everyone or they'll just you know kick kick back and say they don't want to eat it but you know subtle things that you can do but that's going to make you feel better obviously one for for getting um your your family eating more healthily but also for, for yourself so it's it's sometimes just taking that time to decide what foods are going to be uh, consumed through that week so uh, making sure you've got your meal uh, your meals planned and um, prepping them in advance if you have to so if you're going to work you know so you don't have to do that oh I've got to grab something on the way um, invariably I cook um, I'm the only one in the family that's plant-based so I always have to cook my food separate alongside obviously cooking theirs um, so invariably I tend to cook more well it's not cook more I just cook a portion but it's obviously it's going to be more than for, more than just for one and I've, I've got loads of the plastic tubs and I, I put that in a tub and I'll have it for lunch the next day um, and that just makes it really easy I don't mind doing that I'm not someone that would like to eat the same thing every single day um, so I always do make something different but I don't mind the next day having that as lunch or obviously uh, alongside my dinner and um, I actually did it today so I had uh, my leftovers and it was really enjoyable but it also takes the pressure off the um you know what am I going to eat and and not picking the bad foods because I already know it's there and it's in the fridge so I just grab it and have it um but I would like to say there's one other um I'm really grateful that uh, my son's bought me for Christmas a soup maker and yeah it's 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 great it's so easy and now I know you can make soup on a hob and I know you can open a tin but opening a tin you know obviously has a lot more additives in there and salt whereas if you're making it fresh not only you can use up some vegetables that you know if you if, if you've got them left over but also you can get really funky and, and do different soups now you can buy different uh, size of the soup maker um, I've just got the smaller one that does about a liter and um it's great because you can just plop everything in and, you know, a bit like a slow cooker, forget about it. And uh, the beauty of it is that it will blitz it as well. So it's like a kettle almost. Um, you plop everything in, you decide which setting you're having it on. And it's either uh, just under 20 minutes or just over. And then you can um, you can choose whether you want it thick or smooth um, and you can blend it, you know, um, if you, you want to change that consistency but you can just put in healthy stuff you don't have to add the salt um you know and i would imagine then you can use it for sauces and stuff as well and obviously um fruit smoothies uh, so i did a sweet potato and ginger uh, soup the other day i actually used um silken tofu in there as well um at the end to mix in and Oh, it was it was lovely. And I had it for two days. So I just had it in the fridge for the next day. And then I knew that I had my food that really does eliminate making those bad choices when you've just done a little bit of preparation. 
as the saying goes, you know, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. So just by taking that little bit extra or cooking a little bit extra um, is going to ensure that you stay, you know, obviously on the goals that you've set yourself from a nutrition point. And that's really important because you just can't out-train a bad diet. Um, they sort of say 80, 20 is nutrition to, to exercise, but you could actually go up as high as 90 and 10. So, you know, if you don't dial down on that nutrition, which also includes portion sizes, you know, understanding the right size of, um, you know, food for, for you. So, you know, you will use like your thumb for fats, you know, so if on a plate, that would be the amount of fat that you would have, like the tip of your thumb. And then the palm would be the, the protein that we would have. So obviously meat, fish, or um, obviously if you're plant-based like me, tofu. And then uh, then the outstretched hand would be the uh, carbohydrates. So going for your um, leafy greens, uh, absolutely great. Um, and for me, I have a lot of sweet potato, which I, I absolutely love. Um, but yeah, having that variety, but understanding that, um, that way you're eating to the size of your stomach and that would apply to your children as well. So naturally that's how much they would need to have on their plate, the size of their thumb, their, their palm and their hand. Um, that way people won't even overeat. Uh, children are very good actually, and they don't tend to overeat. They sort of know when they're full, but I guess we get, <laughs> we get a little bit immune to that and we definitely start dishing up far more than we actually do need. Um, also making sure if you drink a glass of water before you start eating, also chewing your food more and, and taking more time to, again, be grateful and enjoy the actual taste of the food. All of those things absolutely really go towards uh, better success with regards to weight loss. Um, and, I, and just going on to, obviously, I said about nutrition, going on to point three um, about exercise. So we do absolutely need to do exercise um, from a point of view of our muscles, because of uh, also because of our bones, but also from, you know, all our organs. Uh, we need to make sure that all our bodily systems are, are working as best as they can. Um, so you know, the guidelines do state that we should have at least 30 minutes um, activity every day or 75 minutes of uh, vigorous intensity activity twice time, twice a week, like lifting weights. Um, so incorporating um, a type of exercise that you know you'll commit to into a routine in advance is going to give you the best results. So um what happens generally in the new year is that, yeah, I'm going to get fit. I'm going to go to the gym, you know, well, obviously not at the moment. Uh, I'm going to work out, you know, five times a week. Um, I'm going to make sure that I get my 10,000 steps every day. And yeah, we may do that for the first week, second week. We may even do it for the third week of January, but the novelty eventually wears off and, and then we tend to drop off because we've given ourselves too much too soon. And the better way to actually do this is to say, OK, like, let me focus on steps. I've not been walking enough. I need to get, you know, so they recommend 10,000 steps a day. But you don't have to do it as a daily target. You could say, well, I need to make sure that I've got 70 through by the end of the week. So 
if you have had a day that you haven't walked so much, you haven't got to beat yourself up about it because you know that perhaps you're going to go out for a nice long walk with the dog or the kids or, you know, at the weekend where you're going to get way over that those 10,000 uh, to make up for that differential. Um, but set yourself something that you're going to stick to. And maybe if you've not done any exercise whatsoever, that would be one of the first things to say, right, okay, I'm just going to make sure that I get my 70,000 steps in a week. Now that first, without changing anything else, because then you've broken it down into a smaller goal that you are going to be so pleased that you've stuck to. And this really fosters um, more positive behaviours and habits, but also confidence in yourself that you know that you can do it. Um, and you will be reaping the benefits for that. And it makes everything else a little bit easier. So then after that, then you would say, right, OK, um, I, I want to work out. So I'll just start with once a week. Now, I'm not saying that's the optimal. Obviously, we know we should be exercising more, but, you know, you've got to start small and build up to that uh, because each step that you're making is, is building those positive habits. So all I'm saying is don't try to go too fast, too soon, too much, um, because invariably then we not only you, you, you have more of a risk of getting injured, but you're also going to just run out of steam. So small, start small, work your way up to those things. But again, what exercise you do doesn't really matter. It's what you enjoy doing. So, you know, there is absolutely no point doing, um, say, for example, uh, what would it be like uh, running if you absolutely hate running? Um, you know, you could do a hip workout, you know, that's fast and furious, get it done quicker, you know, if you, you've got less time. Uh, and conversely, obviously, the other way around. Now, don't get me wrong, it's important for us to make sure that we are loading our bones, uh, certainly from a female perspective, as well as, as we get older, um, as we are more susceptible to the osteoporosis, but also for our muscles. And I think there's a tendency to, to just go, well, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll just do running, say. Um, and yeah, that does burn off a lot of calories. And, and it's great. I mean, <laughs> obviously, if you've listened to any of my other episodes, you know that I've come from a running background and that's what I did. Um, but I've switched that on its head and moved to strength training now. Why? Because I know how important it is to keep and conserve the muscle that I have and uh, you know, potentially grow more and how that's going to change my body composition more effectively than just running. And when we are looking to lose weight, we tend to focus on losing the fat, but we don't think about potentially the, the body composition. And if you do any fat loss programs far too quickly, um, you're not giving your body the time to adjust. And it's really important to replace what was there with fat with muscles so that you you have a nice physique, um, you know, and I think that's why and it's, it's hard to build muscle, um, but it burns a lot of calories as well. So that's why um, I'm a big um, supporter of, you know, doing some sort of um, 
resistance training, which can be body weight. Um, you know, that is very effective, but incorporating that into your exercise and it not just being cardio. So if weight loss is your particular goal that you're after, well then combine it, you know, do a hit workout because you're going to be doing that cardio, but you're also going to be doing that resistance part. Plus you, you're going to be able to do that in the shortest space of time which is going to hopefully keep that adherence level uh, much higher. Um, obviously, if you are struggling with uh, sticking to that, it's, it's important to say, right, OK, um, I'm going to make sure that I exercise on X day. And, and I put that into my diary, just like if you, you're working and you have a meeting, you wouldn't not show up for that meeting. Well, you need to operate the same with your own fitness goals and your exercise. It can't be a, um, an afterthought. It, it needs to be programmed and planned into your weekly routine, just like everything else. And then it becomes, again, a habit. And you will find that it becomes the slot that is your time. That's the time when you can, you know, so say it is that you're going to go for that walk or you're going to do that run. Then that's when you can stick some headphones on and listen to a podcast like this one <laughs> or um, listen to some music or, you know, obviously take some time. Um, so, so, and obviously if it's a nice day and you're outside, just, go and look outside and just be grateful um, and and look at nature and stuff. So um, it's really important that you take that time for yourself. But the biggest thing that causes us to stall or fail is often about not having um, that accountability. Uh, there is every workout out there that you could get for free on the internet that, you know, there is, you know, <laughs> me and, and everyone else out there as, as, as fitness professionals, um, saying X, Y, Z, but the point is you will only stick to something if you are made accountable. And often we just let ourselves off the hook and I'll hold my hand up to it as well. So, um, you know, even as a fit pro, I have to be accountable to, to what I want to do. And I look to have someone to keep me accountable because there is a saying that you'll never train yourself as hard as someone else will train you. And you are less likely to um, not turn up, no show, give yourself an excuse to get out with an, um, you know, a workout if obviously, A, you're doing it, say, with a friend. So that's one way to be accountable. You agree with a friend that, you know, you are going to work out. Now, obviously, we're, you know, not able to, to, to meet in, in person at the moment, but it could be that you both agree to do the same workout and you can um, put that on your fitness trackers and obviously compare. Um, and that's that not only gives a little bit of healthy competition, but it keeps you accountable and almost, you know, encourages you to want to get it done. Um, I always think doing it first thing or in the morning is definitely more advantageous because it just makes you feel better uh, for the rest of the day. And you haven't got it weighing on your mind and less likely to have a, oh, well, I, I didn't get time today type of thing. Um, so a friend would be a great way that happens that maybe you two um, diaries don't align and then something sort of someone drops the ball and, and then that all goes. But um, 
you know, with regards to accountability, it's not letting yourself off the hook. And that's the way that you will get results because it's consistency and routine. So naturally, um, I do have a personal trainer as well, because whilst I can program myself stuff and I do, I also have one one day where my personal trainer will obviously put stuff at me that I haven't programmed. So one, I don't know what's coming. So that makes it more exciting, more terrifying. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, it gives that bit of um, so it's, it alleviates any boredom. Um, but also then I'm pushed harder. And I, I absolutely know that. And I, I'm, I'm disciplined and, and I push myself hard, but she pushes me harder. Um, and there is a point that you will never work as hard. You, you, you just won't. And as I say, you, you can get very bored. You can flip from this program to that program. You don't know what your goals are. You don't know where you're going. What, what are you after? Because you do a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of whatever, um, and then get frustrated that the body shape hasn't changed. So it's really important to get that accountability and know what goal you're after. And then obviously those uh, workouts and exercise need to, to help you towards that goal. Um, but that's with regards to exercise and nutrition. Then there's a, a big third point in that. Um, well, there's loads more, obviously, you know, hydrating, making sure you're always drinking enough water is really important uh, for, for women. You're looking at three liters a day for men. That would be four. Um, keeping hydrated you know from a point of view the body um we're made up of water the brain is you know uh getting dehydrated is going to impair absolutely every every bodily function so always ensure that you stay hydrated but the fifth point that i was going to put on here um is about sleep and to be fair, it's that it's probably my weakest link, even though I've read a couple of books about it, some really good books. Um, uh, there's a sleep, Matthew Walker and uh, why we sleep. Uh, is it Nick Littlehouse? Um, I have to have a look at my uh, website. So on my website, I've got a blog post about the books that I've read. Um, I've just sort of completed that for what I've done for 2020 and what I'm reading now in 2021. I'm always aiming to, to read more and, and grow and learn with more knowledge. So I'll be aiming um, to, to have more titles um, completed in 2021 than I did in 2020. But um, you'll see if you scroll back, you'll find both books on the sleep. And it sounds like, well, what, 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 what would you read about? on sleep but as a parent um there was some real insightful information about sleep especially for teenagers um and the change in our circadian rhythm and it's just yeah it, it makes you think more we do tend to really uh, underestimate the importance of sleep and leave that one on the back burner but without sleeping properly and that's tough obviously when you've got little ones um and you are up um you know throughout the night i i think it's worse than any form of torture 
I remember thinking like, how, how, how can I get through this? Um, naturally, the body is very clever, so it doesn't put you into a deeper sleep uh, to enable you to, to function. But I don't know. I think I did walk around like a zombie for <laughs> for probably about six months of, of my, my children's, uh, you know, first first <laughs> first months. Um, but it is so important because uh, when we sleep, this is when all the repair and growth happens. It's when everything that we've absorbed and learned through the day is, is, you know, our, our brain is furiously, you know, sort of clearing up and, um, and sifting, you know, what information do we need to store? Which, which information can we, you know, discard? There's so much going on when you think about it all under, you know, and, and we're, under unconscious control um so certain things are being moved to to the back of the brain uh from memory so this is why for example like when we do any habit um when we reinforce it every time we sleep that's being transferred so into the subconscious um you know, so anything like that that uses dexterity, so to playing an instrument or something like that, it's it's always better to do a little bit every day, sleep on it, um, and in, it's the same with any problem that you may have. Sometimes you know you reckon your brain or something, sleep on it, and then the idea or answer may present itself the next day. So, you know, don't underestimate sleep. Make it a priority. Um, and there are some ways to, to help, obviously, uh, if you're struggling to, to get to sleep. But if you start to do the other things that I've mentioned throughout your day, you'll find that you will be more relaxed to be able to get to sleep. But one of the key things is to, to, to have the same uh, bedtime. And that will be the first thing to start with, because once you can nail a particular bedtime and make that routine, you're more than likely to get up at the same time in the morning. So in the sleep book, they'll say, like, you know, know what time you need to get up in the morning and work it backwards um, so that you have that consistent uh, sleep and wake time. Now, that's very difficult, obviously, if you have shifts and stuff, um, but you're trying to work um, in synergy with your circadian rhythm um, so that you don't actually need an alarm clock that your body will wake up naturally um, and, and feel more refreshed. So by pulling that bedtime back, uh, perhaps starting by five minutes, you know, a night and then increasing that to 10 to get to the optimum bedtime that you feel you need to get the amount of hours. Now, obviously, the amount of sleep um, is variable, but for adults, it's still classes that we do need that seven to, to nine hours. Um, but the sleep cycles are actually on uh, like 90 minute intervals. So understanding that you can like, so say I have to get up at, you know, uh, six o'clock, then work it back that you need to go to bed at half 10 if you want to get seven and a half hours um, and that you're not going to wake up groggy because you've woken up between half of a sleep cycle hence why the the half 10 um and that really can change that feeling um as i say but you've got to give yourself time to be able to drop off so you can't just think right well half 10 and i'm asleep unless you're really good like i'm a husband and can fall asleep in two seconds um you need to have like a a wind down routine um so that you are ready to fall asleep so you almost need to be in bed by 10 to give the body that half hour to um, acclimatize, but then you need to have that routine prior to that to, to be slumming down. Um, and that's sort of coming off the technology. 
uh, maybe it's having a soak in the bath um, and and doing what you do for your children why you know why do we as as parents uh, bath their children before bed well because we're putting them in that routine that one they know that that's what's happening two we're winding them down we're calming them down um it is it's proven that you know obviously having a bath that elevates the the body temperature when we when we get out our body temperature drops and that makes us more sleepy so we're we're getting ourselves ready and prepped to get a good night's sleep and it's exactly the same we should be doing exactly the same as we do for our children um we have the added bonus that we can throw in some epsom salts if we've got sore muscles um to get a good dose of magnesium into those muscles to alleviate soreness because um, many many adults are deficient in in these minerals um, without even realizing it and and something like that is just a real good quick fix to to help you feel a bit better um, but it's it's taking that time to adjust and make you know little tweaks like that is that when you start feeling better in the morning then that changes obviously the day that you have and all the other things start to fit into place. Um, and, you know, when we sleep and repair, um, we're going to be healthier. Um, we're going to want to, you know, continue with our goals and eat more healthily. And, and you know, it just has a, a positive effect. So it's, it's like anything you, you do what something negatively and it can, it can spiral negatively and, and get out of control, or you can do it conversely the other way around. So it's, it's nailing a few little variables like this, that ultimately is going to put you in a great place uh, to achieve whatever those goals that you have. And, and for me, it's about being healthy and well, first and foremost, especially through COVID. It's being, you know, having the strongest immune system. It's about being able to move and function um, and having the body in, in the optimal condition that it can be. And we have more control over this than we realise. Now, yes, we've, you know, need to have the jab for COVID and stuff, but many people don't realize the power of, of of food in in you know it can kill us or it can heal us it can literally be that dramatic um so by focusing on food it's just that it you know you don't see those changes quickly it takes time and we're very much in the now generation but we need to slow down take time just stay consistent and the results will come and when we feel uh, better, um, healthy and well, you know, naturally we can really grab life and, and do, you know, bigger and better things. So, um, so from a point of view, um, I'm a big believer in that um, we need to be fit for life. Uh, it, you know, it's not about doing, um, you know, a, a three month program, 10 week program, six month program, whatever it is, it's what it's doing is adopting, it's finding a program or finding a way that works for you because everyone's different, that educates and, and builds those positive habits for a lifestyle change. So it's not to, to knock any program because they all have those benefits. Although I would say anything that's that's promising something really quickly uh, is not ideal because you, as I said, you want to be building in uh, good habits that happen over time. And, and, and they say, you know, 21 days to form a habit, uh, 90 days to, to, to change a lifestyle. And, and to be honest, it's even longer than that. It can be. Um, but 
you you know you need to invest that time to make those changes and a program will start you on that way and get you into a lifestyle that you can adhere to but as i say there are many many programs out there and a one size does not fit all so you need to find the one that works for you that you are going to adhere to so a lot of people tend to jump from one program to another program because every program will get difficult at some point um every journey every you know whatever it is you're doing what it is is about gritting the teeth and digging deep and this is where you need a resilient mindset to not give up and and stay you know it's called the valley of disappointment um you know where people crawl out the same side what it is is actually dig deep crawl up the other side and don't ever get out the same way that you got in. And, and they're the ones, the people that get the results in whatever they're doing. As I say, um, a lot of us, and I've done it, you know, jump from one shiny thing to another, but it's, I think the running has taught me more than anything about having a resilient mindset and why our mindset's one of the biggest things that we have to get right first if we truly want to succeed. So, I'm actually um, launching uh, the Sassy 10 program, which uh, is, you know, close to my heart because it's something that I believe in as a mum. It's something that I'm, you know, I'm continuing to do. And it's, it's to sculpt a stronger, sexier you. Um, and who doesn't as a mum want to feel like that, you know, that you're stronger both mentally and physically? Um, it, you know, to be a badass, really. Um, you know, I don't think we, you know, go into, we can lose our own identity a little bit as a mum. And it's getting that back, you know, and um, you can't, investing in yourself is probably one of the best things that you'll ever do, because it will have a ricochet in a positive way, like a butterfly effect. Um, so when you take time to put yourself first, invest in yourself, um, and dig deep to change yourself, um, the positives are, are just phenomenal. So um, if you want to know more about the program Sassy 10, I have the information on my Instagram page, uh, Sassy in 10, and also on my uh, Instagram, NBEFITPT. You'll also find them on my Facebook and um, on the website, www.nbefit.co.uk. Um, so I just want to say I've really, really thoroughly enjoyed um, broadcasting these, these podcasts to you um, through 2020. What a strange, surreal year it's been. Um, but, you know, like with goals and everything, I made a commitment to myself to do one episode a week so this is the last one of the year this is series one complete 52 episodes in there i just want to thank you if you've listened to, to any of the episodes and if you've listened to several then um you know do reach out tell me tell me i'd love to hear from you because it's very much um a one-way channel of me giving this content out to you but um, it's always nice to hear back on say what was your favorite what was your favorite out of the 52 episodes you know dm me um say which ones you've listened to which ones you liked best but also what would you like to hear 
Um, what are the struggles that you have? Um, what content would you like me to share uh, in 2021? I'd love to hear your feedback, um, you know, because these episodes are for you. And um, obviously, I'm looking to grow and learn and help you, you know, obviously be the best version of yourself by sculpting a stronger and sexier you. So all the best for 2021 and I will catch you in the next series. Mm -hmm.